0: This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 92. Stop it. Hello, everybody. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, Becky Proudfit. Well, hello there. Are you feeling like I'm about to boss you around?
1: No. Are you nervous? Are you going to boss me around? Well, the, the name of this is Stop It. I <laughs> kind of know where this is going. Okay. And I, It you just know, sounds really bossy. I've said it once. I'll say it again. A yeah. good friend is the one who tells you when you need to stop it. Well,
0: that's a good... Thank I you I for that perspective.
1: That. I I really that. appreciate
0: that. No, it's, it's good. I, I agree with you. I think that's where... I'm coming from, as I've been feeling very inspired about this topic, so before we get into it, I just wanted to make sure that people knew that if it feels like the title is bossy, great. Because <laughs> sometimes you just need good. a good friend who loves you, and you mm-hmm. know how much Becky and I love you guys. We love you. We love this community, and everything that we think about and curate and produce and prepare for the podcast is done with so much love. It's ridiculous. Really is. All the love yes yeah in
1: in other news yeah this week Uh um I let a 15 year old cut my hair you did I mean I know this is kind of did I know that no I don't know I'm so impressed for real for real it was the end of like (gasps) okay wait I was thinking Weston it wasn't Weston was it absolutely not Ab. that's what was throwing me off absolutely not I've been okay. trying to keep a really good head on my shoulders when everything was closed I'm like it's fine it's fine no nails everything's no fine. everything's fine it's fine <laughs> and then my hair got to a certain point and I had my my friend's 15 year old daughter cut my hair that
0: is awesome what do you think I think it looks fantastic. I, I would have think never it does known. Too. She
1: did a really fantastic job. Well,
0: and even if it didn't look fantastic, and it totally does, good for her and good for you asking her and trusting her because what a cool, memorable experience for her. Right? Can you believe
1: I did that though? I mean, uh, hashtag growth through I mean, trials. Yeah, good job. I
0: mean, whoa. I mean, I can and I can't. I mostly yeah. can because I think that you and I notice the strides that we're both making in life in general.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so go you. Way to go. It's so good. <laughs> very much looking forward to the world opening up again. And it's happening. It's happening. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Yeah. And and that's great. And there are things I'm also going to
1: miss for sure. Amen. Yeah. You know one thing I'm not gonna be sad to see happen though? What's that? I really desperately want to go sit in a movie theater and eat like a very large tub of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe just by myself and mm-hmm. watch a oh. movie. Ooh. I mean, you can you can come too because you won't talk too much. But like, Uh, I won't talk at all. That's one of my pet peeves is talking in the middle of. a I just want to sit there in a dark with a popcorn (laughs) and a large caffeinated beverage. Wow, that'd be great. That's a fun thing to look forward to. I'm so looking forward to it, and I feel like this new attitude attitude of gratitude for like all these things I take for granted. Get it, girl. I can't wait now i'm salivating over popcorn <laughs> she
0: kind of is you need Take to tell me to that stop water. stop it
1: stop it becky stop
0: it but before i get into all of the stop it's that we're definitely going into and i do love thinking about the things that we have to look forward to as well that's really fun to think about um okay quick a first
1: <laughs> a first
0: <laughs> has it been a minute since we've been on the microphones here it we go has. but first how about a quick word from this weed sponsor
1: yes <laughs> Do you have a desire to feel more fulfilled, more comfortable in your own skin, and more empowered in who you are? Have you noticed that in your documenting, you are missing from most of the stories? Or maybe documenting isn't even part of your life yet.
0: Live the Story You Want to Tell is our brand new audio course that will help you connect to yourself more fully as you take ownership in your role as the author of your life. This is a guided experience that will help you to feel more whole, more connected, and more clear about how you want to show up in your life and how documenting plays a role in that.
1: If you love our podcast, this audio course will be everything you hope it will be, and we are honored to coach you through this exciting journey. Go to classroom.beckyhiggins.com to see the curriculum, answers to any questions you may have, and of course, that's where you get registered. Friend,
0: your story does matter. A more fulfilled way of living is just within reach. Get ready to be incredibly inspired and thank you for allowing us to be your guide as you continue in your journey to cultivate a good life and record it. Okie dokie, so Becky and I like to boss each other around, so
1: that's fine. I don't like to call it bossing because well, that feels very you know, negative no, be, to but me. But people
0: get what I mean. I you get think, what the word means. But let's
1: change that dialogue. Let's okay. not say we're bossy, let's okay. say we're assertive in our pursuit and sharing of truth. Too many words. <laughs> I like it better than bossy.
0: I do like it better. So we are. very assertive. It's okay, assertive. No, and I get, I actually like yours better, but bossy for me is a word that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I was nicknamed bossy Becky. There's actually a whole backstory to that. And a lot of like, psycho- we actually
1: go into a pretty deep dive in our course about yes. that, of like that narrative of bossiness
0: and not just bossiness, but that narrative of like, those earliest childhood memories and if you look at the um, the audio course curriculum on the website classroom.beckyhiggins.com you see in the curriculum that the lesson, one of the lessons is called your fearless childhood self mm-hmm. so we help you to deep dive into like some of those earliest memories which will make so much more sense when you listen to it mm-hmm. but um, yeah I embrace my inner bossy so I'm using the word and the term because yeah. it's short, sweet and everyone understands and what it means yeah. but it's not necessarily negative. In I fact, think we
1: should make you a shirt that says bossy is beautiful Ew, I love that I think you need it would
0: you get on that sure okay
1: because honestly though I think about that with like my daughter particularly who's just cut from my cloth from the cloth (laughs) of all the leadership potential and um like sometimes we smash smash the bossiness out of people yeah but really it's not bossiness it's it's leadership Mm. And I want my daughters, especially, and my sons, I want everyone to be leaders in their own life and in the community. So maybe let's just stop calling people bossy or just be like, you are bossy. Oh, get it, girl. Like saucy. You're bossy. Saucy and bossy. (laughs) Well, it is leadership. That's like actually a good analogy for us. Saucy and bossy. Oh,
0: I get saucy though also, and you have bossy moments. We're both saucy bossy. We're saucy and bossy. Okay. So let's move in. Let's move in. <laughs> it's actually all related. And here's what I love the most about as I kick off kind of all of these thoughts that I've been thinking about for a while is that <clears throat> because we get to be the boss of mm-hmm. ourself, that's the exciting part. This, I love that. that. Oh, it's the most freeing thing mm-hmm. ever. No one is in charge of me and I'm not in charge of anyone.
1: Isn't that, can we just stop and let that principle marinate for a minute? What a freeing, glorious principle Mm -hmm. that I think sometimes people are like, oh, that's scary. Like, no one else is Mm -hmm. in charge of me. Dude, no one else is in charge of your happiness, which is so good because guess what? No one can make you unhappy.
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Oh, and it gets better than that. Right? And if that rings true to you, again, not to like keep pointing back to the audio course, but that's why we pulled so much into the development of that content because Guys, we it's, want it's really to. good oh we just, I'm going oh. through
1: it as we wrote it mm-hmm. all the feels all the everything I, I was t- remarking to Becky that as we did it, I was like I feel like if I died in a car accident tomorrow the fact that this course exists this would what I would want my best friends and my kids and all the people that knew me if they were like Wanting to talk like this is what I would want them to listen to.
0: I love that perspective. I love oh. how you've articulated that because I'm like, oh, my gosh, totally like that. Is, I can that's die the in thing. peace. Right. Yeah.
1: And going through it again. And I'm actually going through the course with my husband right now. I like every time I go through it. And yes, we wrote it. But I'm like, I'm having all this additional clarity and mm-hmm. framing and intention like every time. It's, it's so like good. a never-ending well of goodness. It
0: is. I love it.
1: <laughs> we get
0: excited, you guys. Every time we think about it, talk about it, like you can see our passion when we talk about it, even like in our Instagram stories. It's just something that's near and dear to our heart. And we're so excited about it that we just got right back to work on the next audio course that we're super and excited about.
1: And you just stinking wait. So much
0: goodness. Okay, so this... This two-word sermon, stop it, is not at all related to the audio course. That's what I love so much about the podcast is we're really covering very separate things, but they're all integrated, right? Mm-hmm. I'm using my hand gestures a lot today. I wish you, could I guys, like it. I wish you guys could see how expressive I mean. Um, but I want to share a lot of examples about what I mean by stop it and what's going through my heads to get your wheels spinning. So the whole point here, obviously, with every podcast that you listen to or book you read or online course you take or anything is that you pay attention to those nudges from within because what I'm sharing or Becky's saying or the dialogue that we're having pales in comparison to the things that you're going to feel. And I really have a strong feeling that by the end of this episode, you will know for yourself as Mm -hmm. the boss of yourself, what it is that you need to just stop, just stop it. Right. So I lovingly, jokingly call myself, bossy Becky because of, you know, kind of that backstory that's super fun. But in this context, this is less about anyone telling you what to stop and you feeling for yourself. Like there's probably something in my life that I just, I just need to knock it off. Right. I need to knock it off. So don't think about your spouse, your children, your BFF. It's easier to let it go there, isn't it? To be like, well, you know what?
1: Listening to that, that reminds me that I probably should tell my husband to just Mm -hmm. really cool it.
0: Yeah. So you guys need to let go of any thoughts that you have about other people. Because let me tell you what, Becky has no idea what I'm about to share. Nope. None at all. Like she doesn't know the examples or the principles that I'm touching on, but even as you're sitting here, you will have other people pop into your mind because that is natural for us as humans. We will hear things that we're like, oh, she would love that. He needs that. Let go of thoughts of anyone else. But at the end, I will be drawing specific attention. (laughs) You guys are so excited. There's something that's very specific that I need Becky to stop.
1: Oh boy. And something I need
0: to stop. 'Cause I know us both. You're so really well. excited. <laughs> You're so
1: giddy about this. Well,
0: I just think it's so liberating. It's so exciting for it us is. to go, you know what? I could be better about that, but it's fun. This isn't yeah. This is not like slamming down the faults or weaknesses we have. It's more like how cool is this that we get to take a look, right? Okay. Well, I so, want can I say
1: a quick word about the nudges? Do. I was actually having a conversation with a Claire the other day and we were talking My about Claire. her Claire. Okay, I, Becky she started is Claire. 14. Yep. And we were talking about just life as we do and teenagehood. And she was asking me what I thought about a certain situation. And I said, you know what, Claire, I think you actually know. I think all of us, when we ask the question, what do you think, already know the answer. And I think that that's the thing with nudges is sometimes nudges happen and we're like, well, that was weird. Or we we discredit it or um, we have to go ask someone else's opinion about it. But like Becky was saying, like being the boss of your own self, like knowing those nudges and also knowing that generally we have all the answers we Mm -hmm. need. And when we ask someone else, we're looking for like validation, validation, like backup on what we think. And we actually don't need that. So with nudges- We don't need
0: it, but it's nice- And we have our trusted people that we like to go to. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know how grateful I am that my daughter has someone like Becky in her life that she can go, hey, I'm thinking about this and what do you think? Yeah, all day long, that's awesome. But to your point, we are all as equipped as we need to be.
1: I think coming into yourself and one thing that's been coming into my mind a lot lately is that... um, How I become a more intentional person is really through trusting myself. Mm -hmm. I don't think as human beings we trust ourselves near enough. Yeah. And I think that there are eternal things built into us that we already know. We already have that gauge. But it's about becoming really intentional about listening and becoming um, sensitive to like hearing and feeling those nudges Mm -hmm. and not ignoring it. Yeah. That's That's all I had
0: to say. That's all you have to say? (laughs) Really? You
1: sure about that? I'm, well, oh, until you me. say something else,
0: <laughs> <laughs> she will have a lot more to say. But that's that's a perfect preface. I actually really appreciate that. It's a perfect press preface for what we're about to dive into because it really is personal, and it's not about us telling you what you should or should not be doing. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you where this was, what this was inspired by. So one of Becky's and my favorite, common favorite human beings on the earth. His name is Dieter F. Uukdorff. Kind of a you know amazing. He's. He is amazing. He is German. That's where his Mm -hmm. name is from. Um, I'm going to spell his last name because if you look this up, then you'll know how to spell it. It's U-C-H-T-D-O-R-F. So... And we'll refer to him as Elder Uchdorf because he's a leader in our church that we just both love and admire. Who's inspired us for mm-hmm. years. Time he truly and is. Time he again. truly
1: is a thought leader. Yes, and he is articulate, mm-hmm. and he is a master storyteller. All the best and <laughs> explains principles in a way that just they come alive, and, and for me, are very understandable and palatable and actionable. And
0: he's a retired pilot, by the way, and um, and so. You know, a lot of his storytelling comes in the form of analogies to flight. I love it. (laughs) We can't get enough. We love Elder Uthdorf. And once upon a time, back in April 2012, so about eight years ago, he gave a talk called The Merciful Obtain Mercy. And it really was a talk that was focused on people judging each other, because we all do it. Mm -hmm. But eight years later, when he, these words still ring in my head, because even though even though the whole talk wasn't focused on stop it, that was kind of a message. Let me just read something that came from that talk. He said, This topic of judging others could actually be taught in a two-word sermon. When it comes to hating, gossiping, ignoring, ridiculing, holding grudges, or wanting to cause harm, please apply the following. Stop it. It's that simple. We simply have to stop judging each other's, each other and replace judgmental thoughts and feelings with a heart full of love for God and his children. God is our father. We are his children. We are all brothers and sisters. I don't know exactly how to articulate this point of not judging others with sufficient eloquence, passion, and persuasion to make it stick. I can quote scripture. I can try to expound doctrine. I will even quote a bumper sticker I recently saw. It was, and I love this, you guys. It was attached to the back of a car whose driver appeared to be a little rough around the edges, but the words on the sticker taught an insightful lesson. It read, don't judge me because I sin differently than you. And then he finishes, we must recognize that we are all imperfect. Oh, okay. So So it's so good. And like I said, it totally ties into being judgmental of each other and things like that. And so I am going to share some examples kind of related to that, but I just, for eight years now, it keeps coming back to my mind and I keep thinking about the application of this two word sermon, Mm -hmm. stop it in so many different areas. So I want to just, before I go into lots of examples and stories, I want to just share a disclaimer because I like to do that Mm -hmm, sometimes, mm -hmm. Um, I just don't want to make light of any deeply challenging situations. So if you, as we're talking here, if you have thoughts like, okay, well, easier said than done, Becky, or, oh my gosh, if she even knew, I get that. Like, I totally get that. I don't know your experiences and I don't know your stories. So I don't discredit any of that. And like we've said before, as always, you will pull from this conversation, whatever is meant for you to hear and feel at this time in your life. So having Mm -hmm. said that, some examples now, um, I was going to give you a, like a full list that's like numbered, Numbered? but I'm not no numbers today back.
1: Wow. Just a a
0: list of things. (laughs)
1: I don't know what's happening. The last one I prepared, I did have a I list, know. an even numbered list, and this one you don't. An even numbered what is list.
0: happening? It's kind of great. It's kind of great. Evolution. <laughs> it is evolution. Okay, let's talk first about something that's kind of a little bit more obvious than what he was talking about, and that is holding the grudge. Stop it. If you are holding a grudge, please, for the love of all everything, just stop it. Mm-hmm. It is such a heavy weight. I have someone in my life that I love with. Everything that is in me, again, remember, don't think about the other people. Think about this for yourself. But I have examples of stories and you should bring right. up examples as well. But I have someone in my life who I love so much, who is one of the most loving, service oriented human beings I know, like truly so amazing that way. And also because we all have weaknesses, one of their greatest weaknesses is the grudge holding. Like it's so hard, so hard for them to let go of things that have been deeply, deeply hurtful for them. And it breaks my heart because I feel like when I look at this person, I almost feel the weight on their shoulders just from holding on to that hurt, to that anger, to that malice of like, I've been hurt. Right. right. And it's just heavy. It's just really heavy to me. And so that to me, like if you're holding a grudge, that's why I want to say, stop it. And Elder Utdorf said this, He says, we can so clearly and easily see the harmful results that come when others judge and hold grudges, right? Like Mm -hmm. the example I was just giving. And we certainly don't like it when people judge us, but when it comes to our own prejudices and grievances, we too often justify our anger as righteous and our judgment as reliable and only appropriate. Though we cannot look into another's heart, we assume that we know a bad motive or even a bad person when we see one we make ex- um, exceptions when it comes to our own bitterness because we feel that in our case we have all the information we need to hold someone else in contempt that's just heavy it's heavy why why do we why why do we do that and I know I know it's easier said than done I mm-hmm. do I get that but if you are holding on to a grudge that is weighing you down and let me tell you it is let me tell you even if you don't think it is
1: it totally is stop it It's interesting how as humans are, I think we have like this natural tendency to be seeking after justice, like justice and fairness. Mm. And I never realized what a big role this played in my life until I became a mom. And I see my kids, you know, that's not fair. And I've had to like reiterate this principle of like, fair doesn't mean everyone getting the same thing. It means everyone getting what they need, but really I'm like teaching myself. And I think if we if we continue to be seeking after justice which I think is what we're doing when we're like sure I am completely justified in this mm-hmm. um, do we really want justice applied to us do we want the, the like law of equality and justice applied in our life because I'm telling you right now like it wouldn't go well like grace is what saves us all mm-hmm. Grace is what keeps relationships intact when mistakes are made and I would never want someone applying the principles of justice to like my mistakes yeah, good because point. I wouldn't deserve it. Very I wouldn't deserve, um, forgiveness or these things that we know are these freeing things to help us to move forward. Right. Mm-hmm. So next time you're seeking after justice, like just imagine if, if that tactic was used on you, because I know for myself, I wouldn't be able to survive it. My relationships wouldn't survive it. Um, also I think that when we're, when we're using, um, grudge holding, it really is just a tactic to avoid to keep us from feeling deeply hurt.
0: I agree with that. And like, I've seen that too. hundred yes. And, and yeah. I've done it, it right? Like yeah, totally. I, it's so
1: much easy, easier to be angry mm-hmm. than it is to be hurt. And I have certainly been guilty of doing this where I get super angry, completely justified anger. In fact, I had a situation last year where a friend who I actually love a lot was in a really stressful situation and sent me a really hurtful, I mean a really hurtful email And I don't think I was ever supposed to see it. And in that moment, though, I was like, felt anger rising Mm. of like, are you kidding me? Right. And then I had to like check myself and be like, listen, I have to have grace for her. She obviously didn't mean it. She obviously didn't even want me to see this. She didn't like it was this whole set of things where I was like, I can choose to be angry and be justified or I can choose to have grace and have my friendship continue and Mm -hmm. to feel peace. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want? Do you want to continue relationships and fill peace? Or do you want to have fractured justice? Like, right. which one's really better?
0: Right. Well, and keep in mind that someone that you might be holding a grudge against, if there really is, like, something super crazy, like, awful yeah. about that situation, we're not suggesting that you need to even have a continued relationship with the person. The not offender. at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about that. but But it is required of all of us to forgive. And holding grudges like for, for our own happiness. Do you see what I'm saying? And that's the
1: thing is it almost like without, it's kind of as a selfish endeavor of like, at the end of the day, if I'm really mad at someone, it doesn't affect them. They don't care. Like at the end of the day, it's me. I'm the one that's feeling the -hmm. biological and spiritual and physical responses of that anger. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't, it doesn't punish the other person for me to be angry, but it It only punishes me. It doesn't serve me in the least. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. I know it's a lot of times we're trying to escape hurt and we're just bringing on more and more layers and we get buried in it. So if you're holding that grudge, stop
0: it. Get it girl. Okay. Let's talk about the next thing. Being so hard on yourself. Mm, I'm so glad
1: you brought this up.
0: (laughs) Stop it. Mm -hmm. Why do we do this? And you know what we do? We all do it. And I don't even want to isolate this to like a female thing. Everyone's hard on themselves. Adults, children, men, women—like mm-hmm. the youngest of children—are not right because right. they are in their innocence. Right, but the older you get, the more experience you have. The Babies more...
1: aren't upset with themselves; they they're are pooping their not. pants. They're all right; <laughs> they're fine. But you guys, it
0: happens for everybody, and mm-hmm. let's acknowledge that it does mostly happen in private. You know, like most people aren't publicly expressing disappointment in themselves. Sure, everybody has moments of like, I could be, you know, 20 pounds less, or I wish I were more service oriented or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. But most of us just have those private and sometimes um, unacknowledged, like we don't even realize Mm -hmm. that we are so hard on ourselves. And I would invite you to think about as you go through your week, go through the next couple of days even, notice... Like, maybe catch yourself when you're having some of those self-deprecating thoughts, those ideas and thoughts that cross your mind that are unkind about yourself. Catch yourself and don't shame yourself. Don't even try to fix it overnight. Just notice it. Just notice how much you're doing that Mm. because we all do do it and we just need to be better about it. We need to stop it.
1: And I think it becomes a habit like anything else. Um, And one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits, the way he talks about breaking bad behavior essentially is you can't just like, as he says, white knuckle it and be like, I'm not going to think bad thoughts. I'm not going to, or I'm not going to, whatever behavior you're trying to change. Instead, you need to replace it. You need to replace it with a positive behavior. I'm glad you brought this up. I think that the first step in noticing how actually often we resort to self-deprecation. And I will say, I think there is... um, some kind of badge of honor given to selflessness. And when I say selflessness, I think we get it very, very confused as we are not supposed to have self. We're not supposed to have, um, an identity that we're proud of because then we're prideful or we're this or we're that. When really, um, I think that self-deprecation, we get into a habit of it, maybe even for the best reasons of like wanting to seem humble or however culturally we've, we've been taught to do that. And, um, It's actually quite the opposite, I think, is that we absolutely need to be aware of those thoughts, not only aware, but replacing them, actively replacing them with positive thoughts, which is tricky.
0: What you're saying is kind of piggybacking with the suggestion that I'm making is if you do spend some, like if you spend some energy for the next couple of days, Mm -hmm. catching yourself and noticing when you have one of those negative thoughts about yourself into your mind, Mm -hmm. immediately... Like you don't have to do this straight away, but if you want to be ambitious about it, like immediately replace it. So you look in the mirror, for example, a lot of people can relate to this. You look in the mirror and you're like, fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even need to, I don't even need to say anything more, but if you just are like, oh, really? Mm -hmm. If you catch yourself, then immediately think about one thing about your body, this amazing body, this Mm -hmm. gift that you've been given that you are grateful for. It could be your left toe right. i don't care what it is but and it you- may
1: even feel like a lie honestly sure. like there are days when you get into a funk and i think that what you're talking about right here is like the the bottom level of like all funky attitude when mm-hmm. we are in that kind of like eh, moments in our lives so you look at yourself you go to the mirror you're like oh man say i am really grateful that i'm alive and it might even feel like a lie but mm-hmm. that is the power of like changing mm-hmm. the habit. Mm-hmm. And so much of this, I think, is socially and culturally not taught, but just kind of watered down through the generations that we're like, as women, we're supposed to be self-deprecating. We're supposed to be humble and we're supposed weird. to be
0: so weird. And
1: these supposed to be are just complete crap. Yeah. Number one. But um, it, it takes intention to change it is mm-hmm. my point. Mm-hmm.
0: OK, I'm going to add to what we're saying here. Um, something else that Elder Ukdorf said, he said, may I add a footnote here? When the Lord requires that we forgive all men, and yeah, I I understand that this is based in like faith, what he's saying, but a lot of you share um, a common faith in the Lord, right? Right. So, In a higher being. Yeah, in a higher being, exactly. When the Lord requires that we forgive all men, that includes forgiving ourselves. Sometimes of all the people in the world, the one who is the hardest to forgive, as well as perhaps the one who is most in need of our forgiveness, is the person looking back at us in the mirror.
1: All the amens. I know. One of my favorite gospel principles is you should love the Lord thy God with all your heart. And the second is like unto it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And I did a a talk a few years ago about this. and, And I was kind of reading the scriptures looking for evidence of like Heavenly Father wanting us to know ourselves and love ourselves. And this just stuck out to me, like just jumped out at me from the scriptures because we're supposed to love God. Love our neighbors. And the third part of it is we're supposed to love ourselves. And it is a godlike attribute. It is it is a worthwhile and exactly what Heavenly Father wants us to do. Like we are made to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are. Which is why
0: there's so much opposition with that. Oh, because totally. it's like the best thing ever. It has everything to do with identity yeah. and knowing mm-hmm. who you are and what you're capable of and what your potential is. And so of course there's opposition to that because I love opposition. I know, right? Bring it on. Just kidding. On the opposition. (laughs) I mean, not just kidding, but really. Okay. Another example is comparison. Oh, yes. stop it with the comparing. We all do it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now let me give you an ex- a specific example because a lot of us think about comparison like you're scrolling Instagram yeah, and you see the person who you're like, oh, her marriage, her life,
1: her house, her, her kids travels, her, her kids. Can you tell what it comes up like for me in comparison in with such a huge deal with like looking at other moms being like, ooh, yeah, their kids seem perfect. And the thing
0: <laughs> is, is none of us want to look and and seek after comparing ourselves we're I mean we're really none of us are looking for that but it does happen naturally um here's something that a lot of us do especially women is we compare our bodies now to what our bodies were 10 15 20 30 years ago what what is fair about that comparison how does that even make sense but do we do it we do it all day day long. long right and I hardly know a woman who doesn't do that maybe we should just say it right now
1: okay i'm gonna bring in some amanda taylor wisdom here oh love her. who amanda was on the overcoming discouragement episode she drops one of the best one-liners i've ever heard i was in one of these moments a few years ago of like man i just can't get like i can't figure out my body right now and she said at some point you're just gonna have to be happy because it's not gonna get any better from here on out and i was like oh dang <laughs> Yes, that's true. <laughs> Certainly age and menopause, like our bodies are meant to change. Mm. They're, They're hard meant to, they to, to move with us along our lives. Yes. And that's so true. We, we oftentimes are like wanting to get back to our pre baby weight or like pre, that would be like me as a 15, maybe at, maybe let's say as a 17 year old being like, I just want my 10 year old body back. Yeah, Like duh, Ew. obviously that's no. not going to happen.
0: <laughs> right. And yet we do it in our adulthood. Because uh-huh. somehow we think that the body at 21, while yeah, that might seem more ideal. Is that what we're supposed to have in our 40s? But think about what? it even
1: with marriage. We're like, oh, I just wish our marriage was like it was right. like before we had kids. Good point. When we, whatever, we mm-hmm. think about this stuff. I want it to be the way that it was, but... It's never supposed to be the Mm -hmm. way it was. It only is supposed to be the way that it is. Exactly.
0: And that's comparing to oneself. Mm -hmm. And like I started with this, it's like the comparing to other people, just kind of a classic example that I probably have mentioned once or twice on the podcast. But I found myself comparing myself to my mom and her ability to put homemade meals on the table. Yeah. Yeah a lot and not because my mom has ever for one second even hinted that i was less than
1: right. in the kitchen like she's been... actually quite obsessed with you and she is my you mom's deeply. like my
0: biggest cheerleader and right. so it has nothing to do with my mom and so i have wondered and through the work that becky and i have done in developing the audio course i've really been able to uncover things like that mm. where instead of looking at something like that in my life and continuing with that dumb like subtle comparison game that I keep playing and I have no idea why I'm able to go, oh, I get it now because I've done the thought work. I've actually put in the effort to go, oh, I see it now. I can peel back some layers and look at that and see it has nothing to do with my mom or expectations of me. It has everything to do
1: with the stuff inside mm-hmm. and the expectations I put on myself. But that's what I mean is it's like in the air that we breathe. Is mm-hmm. Oftentimes these things aren't happening to us. It's not like someone's telling us to think or feel a certain way. It's just like in the air we breathe. And so the most effective step is literally just noticing that Like that's even a part of us that our default mode is to go to grudge or go to self-deprecation or go to comparison. Mm -hmm. And once we just even identify, like I'm defaulting to a lot of comparison and I'm not quite sure why, but once you're aware of it, it, you actually can work with it and you can, you can move forward.
0: Totally. Totally. So if you find yourself comparing yourself to your younger self,
1: if you find yourself comparing yourself or to other people (laughs) or yourself
0: (laughs) or other people, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Next thing. Stop it with the high expectations of other
1: people. Okay? We do this. I just cowered a little behind well, the mic. This is my, she did this is my stickiest area. I don't know if it's your stickiest area because I have a sticky area I'm going to cover with you later. You can totally cover it, but I'll tell you <laughs> no, I have this is, really high area. expectations for people. You do. And I also have high expectations for myself. Yes, it's, you do. It's not Correct. like a mutually exclusive thing, but... Yeah, this is something I'm really working on. You do. Um,
0: And and we all do to an extent. But you have recognized that about yourself, which has served you so well. Because Mm -hmm. you acknowledging it has helped you to kind of like – I don't want to say stop it altogether because we will always have those tendencies that are just kind of in us, but you have really done the work to drop the expectations of other people. Because let me tell you what happens when we do that is we set ourselves up for way less disappointment, way less guys. Think about how often you have felt disappointed just in the past week of your life, Mm -hmm. disappointed in other people. Do you know that it's possible to never feel disappointed in other people? And do you know what the secret sauce is? Stop it. Stop it. Lower the expectations. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes we get married and think our spouse is perfect. Well, that's
1: cute. That's cute.
0: <laughs> and so we have this expectation mm-hmm. that our spouse is just, I mean, we chose them, right? So they're the most amazing, and vice versa. We do that. We have high expectations of our kids because surely if they came from us or we pulled them into our family and through adoption or they're mm-hmm. our blood or however your family comes together, surely. By example or blood, they will make decisions like I do. Because hello, yeah.
1: like do they not like this is what I would do in my life? I'll give you a prime example of do this. It. I was talking to my husband, actually, and I think David and Becky. You were talking; we were all talking, and I was saying, "Man, it's really frustrating for me with homeschool that my kids are like really taking for granted the opportunity mm. they have for like this amazing education they're getting." And my husband, who's the master at no expectations. He really is. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank flipping goodness. He balances us he all out. He is so good. Man. Um, like, literally was laughing. And he's like, oh, yeah, our 11-year-old isn't, like, super grateful about her oper- Are you serious right, right now? No, like, he's right, though. I, like, why would we think? Why it? would I have that expectation that a child, yeah. would that would even enter their consciousness? And and it's not just that I was disappointed. that Like, I was a little bothered. Like... You entitled child, like you don't even realize the blessing of an education in the United States in this time in your life. Like what child <laughs> thinks that? No one. Which goes back to my high expectations.
0: Um, no, it's true so because you guys though. think about it just from a child development standpoint. If we're speaking of children, and we are in this moment, from a developmental standpoint, the brain itself, literally, still developing. There's no way that an 11 year old will ever have a thought like that that matches your thought mm-hmm. as a normal human being. So yeah. why do we, why do we do that? Because I do the same thing. You know, if my kids are making choices that are different than the way I think, like, how would they, how do they, wait, what? Mm-hmm. How, how'd you get to the point where you I'm thought sorry. that that was going to be a good idea? Right? right. Or, you know, I just, I have really worked on this lately and I've really worked hard to keep myself in check because why on earth, yes, Yes, it makes sense that we have high expectations of people, especially those that we love. Mm-hmm. They also probably have high expectations of us, or it's all perceived. Who knows? Right. But we do it naturally. But I'm telling you, if we can just stop it, if we can just bring it down a notch, it would serve all of us so much better. And you honestly would feel so much more chill and happy and joyful. I'm working in your life.
1: on chill and happy.
0: Well, and then Taylor brought are. up, he
1: was like, well, did you feel that way when you were 10 right, or 11? And right. And I was like. Right. I know. No? Because also let's remember that we come to the knowledge we have by experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I look back and I wish I would have taken, had more gratitude for the education I was given. Yeah. But I have that because I was not in any way grateful for the education that I was given. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Totally. Totally. So let's round this thought out with,
0: uh, again, some words by Elder Uchtdorf, who says, There is enough heartache and sorrow in this life without our adding to it through our own stubbornness, bitterness, and resentment. We are not perfect. The people around us are not perfect. People do things that annoy, disappoint, and anger. In this mortal life, it will always be that way. Nevertheless, we must let go of our grievances. Part of the purpose of mortality is to learn how to let go of such things. That is the Lord's way. Let it go. All the amen. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. Okay. You know what else we need to stop? What? We need to stop focusing on perceived expectations slash disapproval of you. Okay? Okay. Do we often feel like we are disappointing someone? My hand is very high in the air right now. A,
1: like, yes. Okay, what
0: did you just say to me the other day? You were talking to Taylor. You were sharing Mm -hmm. this with me that you were expressing to Taylor about your kids and every 20 minutes. What was that thought? Every 20 minutes, someone
1: is just, oh, I I was just telling him like the hardest thing about having my kids home with homeschooling, although it's generally been a great experience is one of my kids is always upset. I'm always disappointing one of my four children. Yeah. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm living in a constant state of people being disappointed in me, which is already another sticky issue for me that I have to be really intentional about not letting that like affect me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was expressing to him like, it's hard. It's really hard
0: and if you've listened to the podcast for a while and a lot of you have loyally been listening for a long time you will see a theme that Becky Prophet <clears throat> excuse me often feels that kind of disappointment within her motherhood Mm -hmm. and I feel that kind of disappointment from others in my work Mm -hmm. like we both have these running themes that we're constantly working on because what you said about your kids and every 20 minutes it seems like someone's disappointed in you that is like that's my life and work I feel like every day I'm disappointing someone a customer a a follower or whatever it just seems like it's never ending well guess what a that's probably not even true for either one of us. And B, it's all in our head in terms of the way that we manage those thoughts. So when it comes to focusing on what people perceive about you or of you or how people may or may not be disapproving of you. Or misunderstanding you. Misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's huge. Stop it stop it it's just not working it doesn't serve you well I have spoken about this already so I'm not going to reiterate all the things but man that took me into a tailspin yeah in a really dark place of getting so wrapped up in that those thoughts of what people thought about me and I'm grateful for hitting rock bottom in terms of the things I learned coming out of that but I never want to get wrapped up in that again because you guys it's stupid It's stupid. And you can never please everybody. You will never have all of your children be 100% completely happy with you. mm -hmm. If you're in business, you can count on disappointing people. Count on it. You cannot make everybody around you totally happy. You cannot make your spouse 100% happy in their life because you're not in charge of them, by the way, Mm -hmm. and vice versa.
1: Right? Well, it comes back to this principle of, um, you are solely responsible for your happiness and that applies to everyone. So whether or not my kids are disappointed in me, A, it could, like you said, it, it's totally based on perception anyways, but I think we all need to realize that because I actually cannot make anyone happy, I cannot fulfill anyone. I can't make anyone happy. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can give people moments of happier happiness or appreciation. Um, there's actually nothing I can do about it. So yep. if someone is extremely disappointed in me, be it, you know, this whole business thing is a lesson I'm learning in a big way this year. If someone's disappointed in me through business, through children, through social media, through whatever the situation is, not only um, is it awful for me, but there literally is nothing I can do to fix it.
0: Literally. It's not your responsibility. There's nothing I can do because I
1: cannot make someone feel anything.
0: Anything. (laughs) And that's freeing. That's freeing because when I say it's a
1: futile effort to try to like, if my child's unhappy, if I am you know, trying to like fix it or ma- make them happy, like that's actually futile because it's not going to work. Oh, totally. And maybe it's, maybe, maybe the lesson here is it's totally okay if people are disappointed in you.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because in addition to stop it, the other two word sermon here is it's okay. Mm, it's okay. That's a good. I know that is a good. Those are
1: like the four most yeah. powerful words in the English language.
0: Also love is more important than all of Stop it. It's Man, okay. It's okay. And love is always the answer. I think
1: love is the umbrella. <laughs>
0: That's true. <laughs> but really, really, thanks for bringing that up because it's so, it is okay. It is okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep moving along
1: here. I'm having a lot of thoughts as you can tell during this I episode. Know. I can't wait to listen back to this. With I know. My I'm excited to
0: listen back too. And I love what you're bringing to this conversation. Didn't even know what I was going to talk about, but you guys are having the same experience that we are. As you listen, as we record, we are all in this together. My next thought is we've got to stop the negative self-talk slash self-doubt. So yeah, I already talked about when we're critical of ourselves and things like that. But oh my gosh, when is the last time that you remember, it could have been this morning, could have been last month, that you just doubted yourself? You're like, no, no, I'm not equipped. Nope, can't do it. Not ready. Nope, that's not me. I'm not capable. That's not my potential.
1: We've talked a lot about my sticky areas, which there are many. This is not one of those areas. Mm-hmm. This is something I have really worked hard to master. Mm-hmm. I rarely have self doubt because when I have those moments, or if I feel it sneaking in, I am very practiced now in replacing that default habit mm-hmm. with empowering thoughts and with "Holy heck, yes, I can!" Yeah, whatever it is. Holy heck, that was cute. Holy back. heck, yes, I can. <laughs> and the question I ask myself is: Is I say I can? What is it, What is it going to take for me to do that? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm just, I'm I'm feeling all the feels. Yeah. What is it going to take for me to do that? I don't think that most people relate to what you're saying. I, in terms of like the confidence that
1: you Mm -hmm. do have and how you work to replace the thought. And Well, let's just say too, confidence is not something that like, I don't think it's innate. I think Mm -hmm. that we all have goodness. Ooh,
0: wait, wait, oh, go ahead.
1: no, I disagree. Okay. I think we
0: innately have confidence. Think about you, mm, your younger yes. self, Yes, your you're youngest right. self. You yep. really helped me to understand that. Yeah. You're totally in right. In the audio course, we talk about that. I think we innately, we do have a whole lot more confidence and then it's pretty, pretty quickly and pretty early on, it starts getting just squashed
1: mm-hmm.
0: by. In the air we breathe. In the air It's we, in the water yeah, we drink. It's in with all the things. Yep. The unintentional hurt that comes from other people
1: or other things that happen. So maybe the better statement is adulthood Mm -hmm. confidence doesn't happen by accident. Agree. It's through a lot of intentional thought work. Mm -hmm. And it's through a lot of self-discovery. And honestly, it's through a lot of choice. Mm -hmm. Because at any juncture, you have the choice to feel, I cannot do that or I can do that. Correct. And both are equally true. Yep. Yep. And it's really just where you're putting your effort.
0: Exactly. So the next time you have a thought of, I can't do that. I'm not capable. I don't have it in me. We are saying, stop it. Because we're here to tell you, without even knowing you on a super deeply personal level, that's 99% of you, you are absolutely capable of the thing. You can do it. You have strength in you that you may or may not already know about yourself, but prove it to yourself. Just Mm -hmm. do it. Take the baby step. And I am talking about baby steps totally to do the thing. Like, I I don't know what your thing is, but there is probably something in your life that you are doubting about yourself. I could tell so many
1: stories. And it might be even you're doubting a job you're in such as motherhood, such as your job, such as whatever your situation is. Your ability to plan a trip. Or plant a successful garden. Or I'm sitting in that one right
0: now. I know you are. Or move on in your life without a spouse who just passed away. Or a recent divorce. Or, or letting anger child. go. Yeah. Like all the things
1: you guys. So they're actually, I want to give an example of this because I feel like this can be a little bit of a vague principle. The first time I heard this principle articulated and illustrated very well was Jody Moore. Mm. You and I were at, um, an event oh, yeah, with workshop. Jody Moore yeah. and, and she literally had someone raise her hand and, and give like their pipe dream or whatever their highest dream. And he's like, he said something like, well, I want to have a make a million dollars in three months, but I know that can't happen. And Jody said, "Well, why can't that happen? So let's instead of thinking the thought that all the reasons why that can't happen, I want you to come up with ten ways that you could, you could make a million dollars in three months. You could sell your house for cash. Mm -hmm. You could like you could sell your cars. You could enter the like. There's all these different ways that you could possibly get to a million dollars in three months. Again, it goes back to the question of." What would you have to do to make that happen? But just the exercise of knowing like, well, I could, how would I make that happen? Gets your brain training, like starts to train your brain to be thinking differently about what is possible and what you could do and what you are in control of instead of automatically just like, you know poo-pooing all the ideas because we're not possible. Well, and
0: to your point, it is an automatic thing. It's like this default place that we go of like, "Ah, I can't do that.
1: It's a protection because we're so afraid of failure that we don't... There's a quote from Brennan Burchard, Mm. literally... Changed my life. Okay. Mm. We'll find it and put it in the show notes okay, because I'm sure you quote, won't have it like
0: word. To, I Oh mean, girl. Like, I got it. Oh, just
1: kidding. I'm sorry. I just this added quote. <laughs> No, sorry. because I found this. And honestly, with a lot of this work that we do, um, it's very vulnerable and putting the course out and all these things yeah. that are just these heart passion projects super vulnerable because you're like will anyone care Will will this help anyone and you do have those little thoughts that creep in yeah and I was I love Brendan Burchard and I was reading his Instagram one day and he said people aren't afraid um people aren't afraid to fail people are afraid to be seen starting small Hmm. and I was like interesting that is true because you always have to start with the first step and the second step. And the first and second step are full of so much unknown and vulnerability. Oh, so much. That you're really not thinking, will I fail? Mm. You're thinking, what is it going to feel like to start small? And for other people to witness. And for other people to oh, see you starting interesting. small. And I was like, whoa. That's
0: good. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. That's really good. Good job remembering the words. It's, I think I'm going to get a tattoo of it on
1: my forehead. <laughs> you should. Good, because then every time
0: I see you, I'll be reminded Perfect. of that. Perfect. Oh, okay, the next thing, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet because we kind of already touched on it, but it's definitely on my list, is stop thinking that your happiness depends on anyone else on this earth.
1: If you hear nothing else on this episode, for the love of all that is holy, internalize this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe it now, keep telling yourself until you do. Yeah, because it's true. A hundred thousand percent. You know what else we need to stop? What?
0: We need to stop complaining. There's mm. a lot of complaining in life in general and for the history of all mankind. Right. This is not new. This is not a current thing. This is not just, it comes and goes in waves. Complaining just happens. And I'm not saying that everybody's a complainer. I'm saying that, so I'll just speak from personal experience. I'm not a complainer generally, but I have had seasons of complaining I have had just, if I'm in the thick of just some hard stuff or whatever, and it just seems like everything that's coming out of my mouth is kind of a complaint. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's not happened too much. We should verify that with David. I, I was just thinking, yeah, I, you you're, actually, you're probably, not a, Yeah, you, you really vouch. are not a, complainer. not a complainer. Mm-hmm. But when I do have those times where I'm just like, seriously, like this is wrong and that is wrong, or this can't be right, or they can't do this right, or whatever, that complaining season, besides saying, stop it. I'm going to say it's not attractive, oh amen. It is not attractive, meaning you're not going to attract your closest loved ones to you anymore by the complaining
1: nature. Just stop it. don't do it. In addition to that, we've, ta- we've touched on this before is if you have a relationship that is um, the basis of that relationship is venting together. Mm-hmm. Toxic, toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. toxic bonding. Like that relationship is not going to serve you. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes, ma'am. Why do you think that people complain? It's easy. It is easy.
0: Oh, uh, it's just easy. It's easier to look at like what's not going right.
1: Do you think it's like projecting it away from you? Maybe. I
0: think that that is definitely a part of it. Yes, that's a good point. Where you yourself might Mm -hmm. have some insecurities. You might have some things that you know are rough patches in your own life and you need to get your crap together right and so it is yeah i can i can see that being the case a lot of the times is where we deflect so whether we're complaining about other people or Mm -hmm. life
1: situations or maybe people's shortcomings causing you unhappiness sure i know i've probably fallen into that and at the end of the day sometimes complaining feels freaking awesome because our bodies lie to us and are like this is good right this is so it's like when you eat a candy bar For that minute, you're like, this is the best thing. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, that was absolutely the worst thing. (laughs) That was a bad decision. (laughs) But complaining is the same way. Like, you verbal diarrhea. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, what have I done?
0: I don't know that all of us felt that way after a candy bar back. I'm just saying- I sure do. Just saying. Well, not everybody has that kind of response. Well,
1: if you feel great after a candy bar. <laughs> then
0: think good for you. I'm happy for you, actually. Good for you. <laughs> um, kind of related to that, another thing that we need to stop doing is stop centering our life on what's wrong. So for example, like sometimes we have a day or a week where it just mm-hmm. seems like everything is just not right with our kid, with our spouses. But it seems like this is kind of related to complaining. And that's why I put them back yeah. to back. But they're not the same thing as like, I have had periods of time where um, especially with a difficult, heavy situation I might be in, where it's like, that is all I think about. It
1: consumes it you. It
0: completely consumes me. And therefore, I am unhappy, right? Because it's on me if I'm in charge of myself. So here's a quick story. Um, newly married, college student, got a job, had a manager at this job who's just kind of a jerk, like whatever, and just kind of bothered me. And then I let it like consume me. So now this became everything I talked about. My sweet new husband, right? newlywed <laughs> married couple. And now this is the thing that I'm right. focusing on. And I'm not saying I never talked about the good things ever, but I remember 25 years later, I can think you back were fixating and on I it. was super fixated on this jerk in my life. And he was just making me crazy. And he was so mean and he demoted me. And then I, you know, like have all these stories about why he was so rude and like that's and how that. fair it was totally and, Right. totally and that was my focus and why don't we just turn to David if, if we could find him and ask him how he felt about his <laughs> new bride and this new attitude she was taking on come on guys stop it stop fixating on the thing that isn't going right because there's always going to be something that isn't going right and that feeds into the next thing again kind of related yeah this is why i didn't do a numbered list cuz there's too right. many but If you are the type of person that is always looking for the greener grass, Mm -hmm. you're always looking for the thing that's better. I would be happier if. Or when. Or when. It'll be better when. Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Stop it. Because right now, right in front of you in this very moment, your life, despite all the challenges, despite the hardest things, is actually as great as you want it to be in your head. It really is.
1: Well, and I think sometimes we view our lives like we're moving up a mountain and we're just constantly on this upward tra- trajectory. But there have been times in my life where I'm like, we are almost there, like it's almost great. And then guess what happened? What? The floor came out. Right? And what I thought <laughs> I was know. like a mediocre existence became a whole lot worse. And I was yearning back for you know where we were at the time when I was so sure that it was not you know, not a good life or not making me happy. That oh, totally. I'll be happy when yep. is the kiss of death. And you guys, we all have had those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I'm not
0: saying that we all think that way all the time. I'm just saying my, 99% of us can relate to that. And maybe even recently. Um, but I have experienced people in my life, like again, people that I love who are so incredible, but then they've got that... That twinge of like, yeah, but it's always going to be better. Mm-hmm. That just breaks my heart because I'm like, but you're so like, your life is so good right now, right as it is. Right, Embrace that. Love that. Be grateful for that. And really gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. That's really kind of the key. That's the it ticket is. there. Okay. You know what else we need to stop? <laughs> What's that?
1: We need to stop being the victim back. A- oh. You guys, you're mm. not the victim. You're not. And we're not going to be talking about the- And being, FYI, yeah. even if you actually are the victim in some certain situations- mm. You're still not the victim,
0: and again, not going to go into the extreme experiences exactly. that some
1: of you. We're not talking about sexual had, assault. We're not right. talking about, but the the principle of this applies to any situation. It but does. again, not demeaning any trauma experiences, mm-hmm. but this still actually applies in 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 that situation too.
0: It applies in your whole life,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: if you are always feeling like things are happening to you. You are always the victim. You guys know what I'm talking about. Even if this isn't who you are, you, maybe someone else pops in your mind. Or maybe you've had seasons where you're the victim. We, we get what we're talking about here. Because
1: we've all been there. We've,
0: we all get it. Mm-hmm. We all get it. We have all felt victimized. Right. It's exhausting. You know it, and we know it. So stop it. Also, stop being the villain. Okay, now wait. Hold on. Becky's giving me big eyes. Hold on. I know that 99.9% of our listeners are not the villain. I know this. So this isn't going to be as much for our listeners, but I had to put it in here. You know why? I'm interested. Why? I know. I know. I know you're interested. I'm interested. I also
1: want you to know <laughs> that what popped, what popped into my head. What did you think popped into my head when you said villain? I don't know. Uh, Disney oh, villain, stuff Oh, Disney. Vill- Maleficent. <laughs> I was thinking Avengers. Ooh, that I mean, a there's good one too. always
0: a vill- there's always a villain. Mm-hmm. The reason why I felt like bringing this up is because even though it really doesn't apply to most of you guys really or any of you, honestly, because you're not the mean person. I get that. And I know that, that this is not like a thing that most people struggle with or that anyone would view themselves as a the villain. But I have witnessed, particularly in social media, that once in a while, it just seems like someone wants to just take on that role of just being mean. They just want to pick out
1: the person. They want to tear someone down. They've
0: got to tear them down. And they keep poking, or they keep prodding, or they keep attacking, or they keep whatever. And again, the other person isn't the victim. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying... If you happen to the, you know, 0.1% of you that are listening, if you happen to have those tendencies, or maybe this is helpful for you to have a chat with your child or someone who you're like, really back off, dude. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not applicable to everybody, but I had to put it in there because I'm telling you that if you are setting out to hurt, it is a waste of energy. And imagine, imagine what would happen if you took the energy that it takes to be unkind and you channeled that energy differently and you poured a little bit more love into your close relationships yeah or you created something with your hands that's what that's the world I want to live in don't be a meanie stop it so
1: I want to add to that yes Um, ma'am I think that with this villain tendency a if we're being honest we've probably all been there but b I think sometimes we like to cloak it in this, well, I'm just being honest. Mm. I'm just being honest and I have to be your honesty mm. is not needed, um, unless it's a very, very close relationship. So Well, think about you. I love you. All. Too. Exactly. Like really. I love you all very, very much. But unless you have a close personal relationship with me, I'm I'm not interested in your honesty or thoughts and feelings about my life. Mm. And so I think sometimes we see things happening and we're like, we have to say something. We have to be honest about how we're feeling. There you go. That's, see, that's actually, applicable. A lot of people do. not Yeah, yeah. Like, unless it's, and it goes back to intention, what you were saying, um, unless it's, it's given in the spirit of a relationship where that's a part of, BH can say things to me that someone I don't know can't because she knows me. Mm-hmm. We have that relationship. There's trust and love there, mm-hmm. which allows for those honest interactions. If you don't have trust and love with that person it's not
0: probably your place. It's not your place. And also
1: your energy could be used and channeled in such a beautiful way in something else. But don't, like, don't fool yourself to thinking I just have to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's really not. So see, I wasn't crazy thinking. No, you, but, you I really mean, weren't. Like,
0: I think that we, where most of us are not mean people, mm-hmm. I think you said it best. Well, I'm just being honest. That is the, best, most articulate, most applicable way to put it, because that is where I think we do come from this seemingly innocent place
1: mm-hmm. of, well, well, I but can I say n- whatever I want, yeah, freedom of speech. And it's <laughs> fine because I'm, I'm just doing what's right for me.
0: Well, and they need to hear, they need to know. Yeah. That person needs to. Yeah.
1: And they might, but unless you have a close, loving, trusting relationship, it's not from you. Yeah. So don't do it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's also stop procrastinating. Anyone, anyone, does anyone relate to procrastination? I mean, there are times when the timing is not right to do something. And then there are the times when you know that you need to do the thing and you feel the constant nudge, but you just keep putting it off. And, um, you know, this is kind of a silly example and it does go back 20, 25 years ago for me, but I just remember being in college and the things that I procrastinated, which come on, everybody understands
1: Right. procrastination
0: in their schoolwork. I mean I think right maybe 95 uh, yeah. percent of people there's the there's the special five going back
1: to the not being grateful for your education <laughs> right hello yes
0: true but I just remember this is the point I want to bring up is that we all understand what that feels like when you've put off the assignment the project the paper the hmm the thing about that is that you, you really don't understand until you've lived it and you've learned it. And that's why it's so important to let our kids kind of fail and fall and then pick themselves up and dust themselves off and things like this, including procrastination, is that I had to learn the hard way, as did you, um, that when you procrastinate and you push things off as far back as you possibly can, it really sucks it is so hard on yourself. You are putting so much unnecessary burden on yourself. And I Mm -hmm. imagine like whenever I did that, because I did it multiple times, because it took me multiple times to learn the lesson. And I still have things in my life that I procrastinate, but I'm not nearly as bad as I was in college. And I just remember afterwards thinking, it's kind of like your candy bar analogy. Like I procrastinated because of all the excuses. And then the next day, when I was sheerly exhausted, and then it took me four days to recover, I would slap myself upside the head and be like, dude, was that worth it? No, it was mm-hmm. not. Which then circles back to don't be so hard on yourself also. Right. Stop that also.
1: Well but I learned the lesson and don't do that. I think a lot of times procrastinating, if you go through all the stop it's before this, play into why we procrastinate mm. and certain things that sometimes happen. But yeah, procrastinating is the absolute worst. Yeah. And you know things what you're okay. doing? You're just just imagine your brain as like a nice piece of pizza. And then take three fourths of that piece of pizza and throw it in the trash. That's what you're doing your brain because all that brain space is being used up by the like, oh, I gotta do this. In fact, I'm feeling a little bit this way today. As we start started recording, I was like, it's one of those days I have like a big thing and a thousand loose ends. Mm -hmm. And to get to the big thing, I gotta just clean up the things that I haven't been paying attention to for the past few days. That
0: feeling, and that's okay. Like, let's go to our second sermon in this episode. It's okay. Like it's okay when you have Be aware. days like that.
1: Awareness is so the key to all of this mm-hmm. because all of this, how ha- every single one of these happens to every single one of us. It's mm-hmm. about being aware, mm-hmm. being self-aware.
0: Well, being aware actually leads me into the next thing because we need to stop ignoring our health. So I tied. Mm. So we got procrastination, and I'm tying it into ignoring your health. And this is where I'm coming from with this because we all have experience with this ourselves or a our close loved one where there are things that we know aren't right. We got to get something checked out, but then we don't. So go back a few years ago, I got a diagnosis. uh, I had melanoma, which is a a not cool skin cancer type. It is the most deadly form of skin cancer. And I was super advocating about having the dermatology place take this spot off my knee because I was worried about it. Mm -hmm. Had that whole experience, had it removed, had the surgery, so thankful that it didn't go any further in whatever. Shared about it, advocated about it. Still, these years later, still have people saying thank you for sharing about that. Because I'll share every six months when I go for my checkup, just yep. to remind people. What I want to bring up about that, though, is I had this really great, meaningful conversation with my brother-in-law, um, with several in-laws at a family reunion like that that same time right after my surgery and we were talking about it and how like I was teaching everybody the ABCDE you know the things just google Mm -hmm. it if you guys don't know the ABCDE of skin cancer just look google it and you'll see these are the things you watch for these are the things to be aware of because if you notice any one of these things or multiple of these things like you got to get it checked out had this conversation and my brother-in-law I was like I, dude like I like I've known you for 25 years like you yeah I mean at that time it wasn't 25 but I've known you for so A long, long. Time. have you had this one checked out and not checked out because I was looking at their right. skin because I was being kind of frantic about it and like right. looking after my loved ones and he's like no 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 and I was like dude why like why right and he's like to be honest I don't want to know and I was like I mean, can you imagine my eyes bulging out of my head? Just had surgery. Just got... rid. I could have died if I didn't catch it. I'm being dramatic. But like, seriously... No, you're not being dramatic with melanoma. Yeah. No, you
1: don't mess. You
0: don't mess. We had a friend with stage four melanoma that started on his leg. That's... It's serious. No, it's super serious. And we're not talking about just skin cancer or cancer at Mm -hmm. all. We're talking about your entire... Go to the optometrist, get your pap smears if you need, like do the things, do the things to, you know, for preventative Mm -hmm. medicine from that standpoint. But also, and most importantly, if something does not seem right with your body, it's something that you just, it's that nudge, you guys, it goes back to that feeling of like, man, I've been noticing this, whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. Stop it. Stop procrastinating. Stop putting it off. Stop ignoring your health. Advocate for yourself. Get it checked out.
1: I think health um, is really gets really tied up in the conversation of weight, um, especially for women. And so mm-hmm. what I'm about to say next, mm-hmm. I think that we need to be very mindful about how we're treating our how, how we're treating our bodies on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I get afraid sometimes that self-love and body love that people, um, it, that it actually sometimes, is counterintuitive a little bit to people really taking care of themselves. And to me, what taking care of myself means is filling my body with foods that nourish me. Like, let's take calories and all that stuff off the table, but simply like two things, eating foods that nourish my body, getting enough sleep, getting hydrated, and moving my body. Mm -hmm. Those things um, you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. You need to be doing every day. At every stage of your life. At every stage to, of your and life. And do your
0: best. We get that in some stages And I'm not of talking life. about
1: you have to go join the gym and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to go mat. No, I'm no. simply saying love your body mm-hmm. by putting good things into it, by resting it, and by spending time with it moving. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. That's all I'm saying. But, but don't let any theology behind anti-diet or pro-diet or all these things detract you from like, that's what it means to love your body, no matter what size you are. Yeah. You need to be doing those things. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So stop it. Stop it. Ready to round this out?
1: Yeah. Are I'm you into- ready? I, I want to
0: hear your... Uh... Yeah. You ready okay. for this? Okay. Bring it on. All right. She took a big, deep breath. So there's a thing that's going to be really geared to you, Beck. And then there's a thing that I'm put- I'm just putting it right back <laughs> on me because we both know each other. We both know each other's uh, all the things. Okay. Go. All right. We need to stop being so impatient and needing everything to happen right now.
1: This ties right in with my high Stop expectations. <laughs> I am impatient, and we've talked about this before. I am. I'm super ambitious, and yes. my ambition turns into impatience. Yes, but very I see, quickly. I was
0: going to flip that around and 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 make sure that everyone understands that when we notice in ourselves that that weak spot or that like. That flaw you want to work. I don't even call it a flaw. It's just, it's just part of who we are. Mm-hmm. We have to also recognize the strength that comes with that. Mm. Becky is one of the most ambitious people you ever meet. And she gets crap done. And because of that, and I relate, like I understand, yeah. but that means that part of what go what coincides with that right. is that her level of patience. Has a hard time sometimes. <laughs> Same level. Same stay level. Staying in check. It's true. And and you know, this isn't new to Becky. I have said to her,
1: stop. Oh, and it. I am so stop aware. It. I I do, and she does keep me in check because I like get an idea or a theology or I get very excited about something and I want it to happen right then. Right now and yesterday. Right, yesterday is probably the best that accurate is description. Really how you felt. It yeah. is true. I have to be really super aware because when I get impatient, do you know what happens? What happens? Interestingly enough, tell me, I get very impatient about something and then I end up doing nothing because I'm putting it in my head. Mm. Like all these other things aren't happening. So I can't even do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. And
1: it ends up actually slowing me down. Yeah. That's interesting. That's just isn't stupid. It is ironic. And
0: here's the thing about it also, and then I'll say my thing and then we'll wrap up. Um, but I want to pull back in what you brought up, which is our second sermon and the whole thing. It's okay. It's okay. If you have a personality similar to what we're talking about here, where yeah. you feel impatient and you, you just want everything to happen right now. Like you just need it to fall into place or you need mm-hmm. a- other people to do their part or you yourself, put the expectations on yourself, like it's okay. It's okay to be that way. In fact, it's pretty freaking awesome because you're that ambitious and you know productive and yeah. whatever. Just keep it in check and help yourself. Like it would serve you so well to just mm-hmm. keep yourself in check enough to go, oh, I see what I'm doing mm-hmm. and that's great and all it's fine. And also I could just cool my jets for a minute. Like,
1: because ambition feels great yeah, sure and, and impatience feels awful. Patience is hard, but it feels awful when you're impatient. That's not a good oh, when physical manifestation. Yes. Impatient, sorry, yes. In- totally. Impatience doesn't feel good. Yeah, no, I. Agree. It doesn't feel good physically, and it doesn't feel good mentally. I'm gonna agree with that. That is probably
0: one of my least comfortable feelings because it's not like I don't relate to this. I have plenty right. of impatience myself.
1: No, you're right. Impatience is a yucky, yucky feeling. And so, why, Oof. why, when I'm feeling ambitious, would I want to go to impatience, right? It doesn't serve me. So stop it. And it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying, though, really, though. Oh, I sure the heck do. Want to hear mine? Yes.
0: So I say to myself, I look in the mirror, and I say, (laughs) Becky Higgins, stop being so defensive. Now, you wouldn't have caught that one, because you have other things that you could say stop it to me about, but it's the one I've been thinking about. Wait. Wait for it. She's not processing yet. I just want to hear your thoughts. Okay. The positive spin on this, like you with your Mm -hmm. ambition, Right. I'm confident. Yes. Okay. So I have confidence. That's fine and good, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay. In fact, it's great. It's great to have confidence. I have had to really work on when somebody else says something to me that is either calling me out or disagreeing with my choice or disapproving of whatever, like this could be personal, this could be professional. Anyone could say anything to me that is against what I knew was the right thing to do. And my instant, natural, innate feeling, even if I don't express it, and that's why you're confused because I don't yeah. express it at a time, is I'm defensive. I get really defensive and here's why. What does that feel like to you? It feels edgy. I feel edgy and mm-hmm. I feel anxious. And I mm. feel I feel uncomfortable because in the inner dialogue is I am standing up for my truth. I am standing in what I know to be true. Mm -hmm. I am doing what I feel is the right thing to do. So who is anyone else to judge, to criticize, to Mm -hmm. expect anything different? Because I don't expect anything of you. right? Like I, I, to me, it's like that, that inequality. It's like, dude, like you do you. And I've said that many times on social media. Like everyone's just got to do themselves, like do Mm -hmm. your thing, do life your way. Right. And so, but I don't like the feeling of being defensive. And so what that work has looked like for me is acknowledging it. I am naturally defensive, which again, it's okay. That's That doesn't even have to be a
1: bad thing. But when... Well, like you said, it, it, it's the negative that comes with that really high positive of like really knowing yourself and your yes, worth, right? totally. And that's exactly where I've
0: through the work that we've done, again, mm-hmm. this is all, a lot of the stuff that we just kind of walk you through in this audio course, live the story you want to tell. I want to tell certain stories and I want to stand in the truth of what my experiences are yeah. and I want to do it in my way. And so anyone who might disagree or disapprove or have you know commentary that I don't appreciate, right. that doesn't have to actually have anything to do with the way I feel in my own skin. right. And so that's what I'm working on is instead of being defensive, I can just go, that's okay like I have my friend, Megan, actually a common friend, you and Mm -hmm. I both, we love Megan. And she has shared with me that a therapist shared with her one time, this analogy of a hula hoop and how if Mm -hmm. you're, if you're holding the hula hoop around you, Mm -hmm. people can, if you don't, People can say things and it can hit you and hurt you and poke you and prod you. Right. And, but if you're holding the hula hoop and you kind of imagine that people are just throwing those things at you, like, um, hurtful words or critiques or Mm -hmm. criticism or whatever, and you imagine that hula hoop just kind of has that invisible shield kind of protecting you. Right. Everyone's going to say the things, everyone's going to have the opinions, but it's just going to bounce off. Yeah. So instead of instead, and I'm not talking about just being hurt, I'm talking about my weakness that I'm talking about. Being defensive, even having the thought of like she doesn't get it, he doesn't understand. I was going to say, know. I think the
1: heart of it too is like when we're defensive, we feel like misunderstood. Like, are you not uh, getting at the heart it? of it, Beck? That you know is know what exactly I mean? what it is. That's a huge and that is the worst. Yeah, it, it is the worst. Feeling misunderstood worst. is is hard. Yeah, because yep. you thought. Well, I think when I'm defensive. Well, if they only knew, if they really Mm -hmm. knew, like, my heart or my thought or if they could feel, like, the inspiration I'm having, they would not even be questioning me. Yeah, yeah. That's a tricky one.
0: Another really good common friend that uh, Becky and I have is Courtney Brown. Mm -hmm. She's the founder of Sense of Style. And we've talked with Courtney about that. And if you follow her on Instagram, she talks about it. Like, being misunderstood and um, not feeling seen for who you are as you are I think we all relate to that. I don't know that any of us doesn't know what that feeling is, mm. at least at some point. yeah, so please understand that when you're looking around you, that we all we all share that. We all feel misunderstood from time to time or all the time. Again, you're not the victim, right don't be the victim. Stop that but um but if you are if you are like me and you do have that weak spot of being defensive, even if it's not expressed, I kindly lovingly with all of the warm fuzzies in my heart say to you it's okay because I added that since mm-hmm. you brought it up and stop it that's all I've got
1: back that was really good this is
0: a little bit long. this is a
1: little on the longer side for what we've been doing lately, I but really man. love this and I think that what you what you're talking about here these are tools that help you to gain autonomy, that help you to take control of your happiness, that help you to reassure your self-confidence and your self-love and put you in such a better place to serve the world. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of those episodes that I'm probably going to need to listen to every three months just to like do the little brush-ups of like... Like you were saying, oh, I am having like a little bit more defensiveness or I am waning in my patience or whatever the thing is to touch up to be aware of what we need to be mindful of. Well, isn't that the whole point, too? The whole point is
0: that if we're keeping ourselves in check and we're always on this path of self-improvement, not because mm-hmm. we're broken, not because we need to be fixed, but because we always want to be a better version of ourselves. Yep. We want to be a little closer to our potential. That is what it means to what cultivate we, a good life. What if
1: we call it like knowing ourselves more? Because I think like yeah. it's not even changing. and I think so much mm. of becoming is remembering, but really getting to know yourself. That's really good. That's really good. Because I think that changes a little bit of the messaging of mm-hmm. like of what you know moving forward and doing all these things but really it's just about knowing yourself and being so secure in like the light goodness and truth and in who you are and what you're about that like you said the hula hoop the hula hoop's intact Mm -hmm. the shield is up Mm -hmm. and you're able to go and do the thing well and you can love bigger
0: and stronger and greater when you do know yourself and love yourself a little more and Mm -hmm. that's what all of this is guys Well, friends, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you, but you know that, don't you? (laughs) We invite you to write down those promptings you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Why wouldn't you, you want didn't mention to mention that I would have been fine. I know, but I put it there for you. I was very okay. thoughtful. I got everything set up, OK. and you just showed up. That's how
1: I do. I took care of the children. Where's my water? Just
0: kidding. <laughs> I made, <laughs> I made, made us a five course meal. SpaghettiOS. No. I set up all the podcast equipment, and you just show up and yep. no appreciation for anything right. I do. It's true.